Welcome to the Father's Vineyard Audio Podcast. Here is today's message. By the way, thank you guys for contributing to the uh, collections. We're still taking collections. So uh, for the people, all of this is going to go to uh, Houston, Houston, Texas. And um, I don't know how much the truck is loaded, but I know that we took two truckloads. at two, David, or three? Two truckloads of, of goods that you people have, uh, have uh, brought in. And if you still want to get involved in that, you can bring it over today or you can bring it over early in the morning. And uh, because we have to get it to them by lunch. You know, I think the truck is going to be leaving uh, right after lunch and head to Texas. But um, who knows, we're probably going to do something for uh, uh, Florida too, right? Uh, I tell you what, uh, this, this thing that um, is going on, there's a lot of people that wants to blame it on a lot of, lot of things, um, you know, uh, which baffles me. But uh, I, do understand, I do understand one thing about it, that um, um, this thing is causing an awakening in the house of God, in the church. It really is, because we really need to be awakened. We really need to be open to the things that God is doing and what he's allowing to come to us, you know, because, listen, his presence is still here. Amen? His presence is still here. And we need to honor his presence. And we need to honor what it is that uh, he's allowing in, in such a way that we can awaken our hearts to him and say, God, in all of this, awaken your people. Let us be stirred to the place that we will take note of what's going on and we will intercede and not only intercede, but we will, we will take action. We will be a people that know their God and take action. You know, it's one thing to know something and don't do anything about it. It's another thing to know something and take action. Amen? And that's what we're a people, we should be a people of action. And you guys have stepped up you guys have uh, brought, brought all the things that needed to be brought. And uh, like I said, we're going to take some more over in the morning. But uh, uh, continue to do that because God is at work. Amen. Amen? How many of you believe God's at work? How many of you think God's not working? You know, God is, God, God is working through his people. God is speaking through his people. As a matter of fact, um, we're, we're going to talk about the presence of God again. But how many of you know that uh, his presence is here, Amen. even now, Amen. during worship? I brought him. I know he's here. I brought him. I had one guy, one guy told, said that in a different way, and he said, well, God's here now. I said, why do you say that? And he said, I brung him. And I said, well, I guess so. I guess so. But, yeah, but God is here. But we want our hearts to be awakened and aware of his presence. That's one of the things that if we're conscious of his presence and not aware of his presence, we will be aware of a lot of other things that we really don't need to let control us. But when we're aware of his presence, his, everybody say his presence. When we're aware of his presence, things change. Things change in us and things change in the atmosphere. Things change when we're aware of his presence. I think the church has gone too long without being aware 
of his presence. I think the church has been more, more concerned about its programs and more concerned about a lot of other, other things, about buildings, about, but, you know, you can, have, you can have all of this and not have him. So it's about his presence. You know, we talked to you last week about uh, this thing of um, uh, people in churches all around, all over the world, I guess, today. And, and um, well, some of them are surrounding and gathering in the name of a denomination. Some are gathering in the name of uh, the, the minister. Some are gathering just to hear the message or a sermon. But the Bible tells us that uh, the people of God, Israel, encamped around his presence. Not belittling or taking anything away from messages or anything of that nature. But how many of you know that you can have a lot of messages, you can have a lot of sermons and not be aware of his presence? His presence is the greatest treasure that we have. Amen. The greatest treasure that we have is his presence. We always want his manifested presence, but sometimes he shows up and we don't even recognize he showed up because we're looking for him in a different manner. We're looking for him in a way that we're used to, and sometimes he will come and manifest himself in a way that you've never seen him do before. How many of you know that's true? See, the disciples were on the road to Emmaus, and, and um, Jesus had been... been uh, killed and buried and raised from the dead and they were, they were walking along and, and all of a sudden Jesus starts, he shows up and he's with them. And I don't recognize him. I don't know it's him. And he's asking them questions and they said, are you a stranger? Have you, do you not know what's been going on these last few days? And then Jesus begins to share what he knows about the scriptures and um, a lot about Moses and all that. And they still do not know who he is until he starts, he comes in and he starts breaking bread. And they, then their eyes are opened and they're aware of who it is. That's the reason this song that says, uh, did not, uh, this song about our hearts burning within us. And they, those, those disciples and said, when they realized that it was him, they said, did not our hearts burn within us when we realized it was him. Jesus' presence has the awareness of him being in you, around you, and with you should cause our hearts to burn. If our hearts are not burning, it's one indicator that we're not aware of his presence. We've come so used to him in a certain form or a certain way that um, if he doesn't show up that way, it must not have been him today. If it wasn't people laying on the floor, if there wasn't a hundred people at the altar, if there wasn't this or wasn't that, it must not have been Jesus today. You know, Jesus' presence, like I said, is such a treasure, but we cannot dictate what that's going to look like. We cannot manufacture his presence. 
You cannot manufacture victory. You know how I know that? Because I remember Israel was going up to battle. And uh, they had the ark of God, God's presence in the tabernacle of Moses. And they were going up against this army, uh, the Philistines. And, and what they decided they would do, they were just going to be very casual about it. Somebody says, go get the ark and just bring it out and God will take care of everything. How many of you know that that was the battle that they lost God? That was the battle that they lost possession of the ark. The presence of God was taken from them. Why? Because God made it clear to them that he was not going to be used like a good luck charm. Like a box that uh, you just call on him when you need him. Only when you need him. And that is, the, that is the time where they lost the ark. And the ark was taken from them. And thousands died. You know, they didn't have the ark. The ark was, was gone out of, out of the tabernacle of Moses for 70 years. Now, they could only handle him for about seven months, and they said, we've got to send it back. And what's, You know what's interesting to me? The details that are in the Scripture, sometimes I don't get it until I read it and then reread it, and then sometimes it's just all of a sudden, years later, it just pops up at you. I never realized, Tom, how the, how the Philistines, um, how they, uh, I knew they took it on a, on a cart to get rid of it. But what I did not realize fully, I knew a little bit about it, but what I did not realize fully was they got two cows that were nursing Cows. They had calves. They hooked the cows up that were, they're still, they still have young calves that they're nursing. And the Bible says that they hooked these, because they wanted to get rid of, they hooked these two cows up to this cart that had the ark of God on it. And just as soon as they hooked it up, now, where do you think, by nature, those cows should have went? Wherever, what? To their calves. In their nature, they're nursing. They have young. They're hooked up to this cart. But that is not what they did. And the Bible says that they were, they were not even guided or led by man. Some men followed, but they didn't turn and go back to their young. I'm telling you, the, the, the Holy Spirit of God was leading cows, nursing cows, went beyond their nature 
to do what is natural, but yet made a beeline to where they're supposed to take that ark and not led by a man. Have you ever, John, did you, had you ever seen that? I'm just like, God, I, you know, that, that detail amazes me. Why? Because he go, his, just his presence of operating even on cows. And they got enough sense to go ahead and do it. Maybe, maybe instead of being cows, maybe we're a little bullish. <laughs> but anyway, they, they, they get... They get down, they lose, the, but they lose the art. But see, God, God, God let his people know something. You're not going to use me like a rabbit's foot. You're not going to use me just, just like a, you know, a, a, a bellhop. He made it a point, I want to be your God, not just now when you think you need me. I want to be your God all of the time. And I want you to be my people. And I'm going to be with you wherever you go. But, they, but here, here they are. Want to, want to use, well, I know. We'll just, I, I, we'll, just use, we'll just get the box. and let you know. Hey, we've done this before. Bring the box out and let it win. Let just, let, just let go. And all of a sudden they lose and lose badly. And they lost God. Because they still wanted to do whatever they wanted to do and yet just pull the box out and everything be okay. But yet they're still going to just live any way they wanted to do and just not, not worship God the way they needed to. Lost it for 70 years. It was out of the, out of the tabernacle of Moses for 70 years. Think about that for a minute. Saul becomes king. And in the midst of that, the Bible says that he never sought after the ark. He never sought. He never looked at getting the ark back. And yet he was king. Which says that even leaders sometimes can... can do their own thing out of their own strength, out of their own power, and depend upon their own ability and without seeking God in the process of what they're doing. You know, churches can be that way. We can seek our own thing of how we do things and how we want to do things and how we think things need to be and, and all of that and, and not ever once consider, is this what God wants us to do? Denominations can do that. Individuals can do that without ever seeking the presence of God. Saul never seeks one time to get the art back. Saul has a daughter. Anybody remember her name? Michael, that's her name. David becomes king. 
And when he becomes king, you know what he's looking for? Anybody know? Let's go get the ark back. He, he's hungry for the presence of God. To be in his city. So he meets with Israel and he says, let's go get it back. And all the people agreed, let's go. This is a right thing to do. Nothing wrong with that. He gets all the instruments, he gets all the musicians, he gets all the singers, and he gets all the, he gets the band back together, Terry. We're going to get the band back together. Huh? On a mission from God. You know, they're getting the band back together. And he gets all of this. And then what does he do? He gets an ark, I mean a cart built. Because he's heard that that's how the Philistines. And he puts the ark on a cart. Man, everybody say man-made. And he gets this stuff started, and they start the journey. But they don't hook cows, they hook oxen to it. And the ark begins to roll on the cart. And then they go through a threshing floor, and probably, he doesn't say this, but probably on the threshing floor, the oxen probably saw the the wheat or whatever it was there and probably started bending over to eat and it caused an oxen to stumble. And when the oxen stumbled, the cart began to wobble. Looked like it was going to fall and what happened? Uzzah reached out to touch the ark To stabilize it and an arc. To stabilize it, to keep it from falling. And what happens? He dies. Well, that bothers King David. Matter of fact, the Bible says he becomes angry. You know, what am I going to do with this box? What am I going to do with the ark of God? How in the world am I going to get it back to my city? If, he's, if this is going to happen, how in the world, how in the world, listen, how in the world can I bring the presence of God back into where I live? So it stays at uh, Obed-Edom's house for three months, and, and he finds out later during that three months that, oh, God has a way about him. And he realizes he did it the wrong way because God has already said this is, is the way that you need to do it. And what was the way? The way was not, didn't have anything to do with a man-made ark, a man-made cart. So you will not be able to carry, listen, you will not be able to carry the presence of God and to host the presence of God on something that is man-made. It won't happen. 
No matter how good your intentions are, it will not happen. So he realizes, oh, he realizes this and he meets again. He says, oh, the Levites, Levites, they're, suppo- they're the worshipers. They're the one that's supposed to carry the ark. And how are they supposed to carry the ark? On poles. And where do the poles go? On their shoulders. Seems like that happened before. In carrying with, and, and, jo- and uh, uh, when they crossed the Jordan, you remember when they crossed the Jordan River? It was overflowing, overflowing its banks. And how are they going to get across over in the, in the promised land? Put the ark on the priest's shoulders. And soon as and when they carried when they, were, when they were carrying the presence of God in the way of God, when they when their foot stepped into the water, the Bible says the waters began to heap up. Have you ever seen piled up water? Huh? I mean, you know, know, you've seen floods. No, I'm talking about piled up water and it's split and it's separated. Here's a wall of water and here's a wall. See, what gets me, it's a river. Which means it is what? Running. So this part that's coming in, it's it's walled up. That's what my Bible says. Well, guess what? This part should have just kept on going. It's going down. But no, what did he do? He walled this up too. Why? Because they was carrying the presence of God and they was doing what God said to do. So no obstacle was going to stand in their way. And they walk across on dry land. Why? The presence of God is able to do the impossible when we're carrying his presence. We need to be aware that he's with us. We need to be aware and conscious that we are carrying his presence. So David finds out we've got we to carry this stuff on the shoulder. So, which means that the presence of God that you carry on your shoulders, shoulders is a governing, governing. It means we are governed by his presence. Shoulders. Isaiah said that about Jesus, right? And the government of God will be placed upon his shoulders. What does that mean? He's going to be carrying. He's going to be carrying like the yoke. He said, that's my yoke. He said, take my yoke. What was governing Jesus? Just to do the will of the Father. To carry the presence of God. To show forth the Father everywhere he went. He said, you've seen me. You've seen the Father. So David finds out we've been carrying this the wrong way. But you know, we we can do this thing in church. Sometimes I think we can do services without him. Are you hearing me? We can get so polished with services that we can do this whether God shows up or not. That's a bad place to be. Well, it's a religious effort thinking we're doing God's work. But God says, I'm not in it. I'm not even there. So he, they, they get the ark and they begin to 
carry the presence. See, how many of you know that we need to see the manifest presence in the cities that we live in? But, you know, we've told God we don't want him as, as a nation. We don't want you here. We don't want you in our schools. We don't want nobody praying to you. We don't, we don't need you. Don't want you. As a matter of fact, you know, we don't want you on the public square. We don't want to see anything. We don't, we don't want to see you birth out here. We don't, want, we, don't want to see, we don't want to see any of this. We don't want you. Don't want his presence. It's been very evident in this country. And he's, I'm telling you, there's churches that are vastly going in that same direction. As long as we're able to do our thing and whatever that thing is, as long as we're able to do our thing, we'll be okay because look at the crowd that we have. It doesn't matter about the crowd. I'm not against big crowds. I'm really not. I'd like to fill this place up ten times. I'm not against crowds. But I'm telling you, to be able to do that and do it in compromise, I'll stay small. Why? Because he has, a, he has a pattern. He has a, the way. He, said, he says, come, let us go up to the mountain. The mountain of the Lord. And when we get there, he will show us his ways. And he will teach us his ways. Come, let's go up. And the Bible says that they will stream up. Not stream down. It says that people will stream up for the presence of God. I'm telling you, it is going to happen. When all this stuff gets shaken and all the things that is not God begins to fall away, people will start flocking and looking for the presence of God. So they get this. But David, David, David realizes he's done wrong and he, he, and he, makes, he makes the turn. By the way, the Bible says that, that repent and turn, turn to the Lord. And in the process of doing that, turning to the Lord, it says that times of refreshing will come to you. Everybody say times of refreshing. That's what happens in the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing in his presence will come. Why? Because there's a turning to him. Start turning to him and there will be a refreshing inside your being that will be hard to explain to anybody else. As a matter of fact, that Moses told, told God, you know, when he said, God said he wanted to send him in this direction, he said, if, if your presence does not go with us, let us stay put. If your presence is not going with us, Because if we go without your presence, how will, be, how will we be distinguished from any other people in the world? Do you know what distinguishes us today between everybody, from everybody? What is the distinction between us and others others the presence of God 
That is the only thing. You can have religion. You can, ha- you can know Bible. You can know, you can know verses. You can know all there are to know. All, all the, but without his presence, all you will be is a religious person. See, we have to understand that the truth about his presence, it starts out with a concept of, of seeing it in truthfully. But if that concept does not become a conviction, it will never become a constitution that we live by. Constitutional living means it's written. This is what's going to govern us. That's what the Constitution of the United States, this is what's going to govern us. The constitutional living biblically is this, is the ways of God. This, this, this is what we're going to live by. But see, if it just stays a nice concept, without it getting in us to become a conviction, it will never change our behavior. That's the reason you can see a lot of people say, yeah, I'm saved, but you can't tell it. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you the truth. You can't tell it. Why? Because there's no presence that is, that is being offered or carried in the midst. Because when it gets bad or something happens, it's going to look just like the way the world behaves. So David, he gets this cart. He does away with the cart. As a matter of fact, when the Egyptian or, or the Philistine cart got, got to where it was going, it said that they made, made firewood out of it. That's a good thing to do. Just burn, just, just burn it up. The man-made stuff, the wood, hay, and stubble, just let it burn. And that's what the shaking, the shaking that we're going through in this earth the shaking that we're going through is done by God. But it's not done to hurt us. It's done to show us what we can lean upon and what we need to not put any strength in leaning on. Because it's not Him. But He does show us in the shaking. So He gets this started, and then they start. And the Bible says that they... Take six paces. One. Let's see, I better start this. I'm going to run into this pole. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. They got six miles to go. Six paces. And what do they do? Does anybody know? They sacrifice one ox and one fatted calf. One, two, three, four, five, six. One ox and one fatted calf. One, two, three, four, five, six. One ox and one fatted calf. In calculations, it says that they stopped 
2,640 times. How many of you know that the, the trail of bringing the presence of God into the city was bloody? Bloody trail. No sacrifice was too great. Why? What did David want? He wants the presence of God in his city. And he's willing to make the sacrifices, but he's aware of the presence of God entering in. And he's willing to pay whatever he needs to, not that it costs, but he's will, it's, it, it's going to cost him, but he's willing to pay whatever it costs to get the presence of God in his city. But he's aware of it. He gets to the place that they're entering the city. Matter of fact, he's, he passes his own house. And who did we say that Saul's daughter was Michael. That is the wife of David. She's up in the window. David is entering into the very city. He's got a, by the way, the Bible says that he prepared for the Lord's presence to be there. So how prepared are we for the presence of, of God to be manifested in our midst? How prepared are we preparing the place? Are we, setting, are we setting the course to welcome his presence, to do whatever he wants to do in our midst? Or do we have a formula that he has to go by? And then if he doesn't go by that formula, ah, God wasn't here today. So he enters the city and he's, he's the, the, the excitement and the, the uh, jubilation that is inside this man, this worshiper of God, this warrior of God. Because he knows and he realizes that the presence of God is going to enter the city. And whatever sacrifices he needs to make to get Manifested. He's willing to sacrifice. So he comes in. He's pretty bloody. Sort of reminds me of another bloody trail. Of a man who was 100% man. If we do not realize that Jesus was 100% man, we will not recognize what Jesus did when he laid not being equal with God, laid it aside. He never laid being God aside, being equal with God. He laid it aside. Why? Because that's where we're not gods. He was dependent. You need to understand that every miracle he did was done by a man following and being empowered by the Holy Spirit, which means that we can too. But it was a bloody trail for him too. So David gets to this place, 
his wife looks out the window and sees him. And he's in his ephod. He's down to his, lawn, his underwear. And the Bible says that he comes in how? The Bible says that he comes in leaping and dancing. Uh, uh, I know somebody that can do that real well. Lee, come up here. Yeah, get your glasses. Get, you know, hey, if you, hey, if you got any money in your pocket, leave it. We'll just take it up as an offering. Leaping and dancing, the presence of God, King David. Thank you, Lord, for coming into this place. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you. We love you, Lord. You are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Our provider, our Cinder. 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 Cinder, come up here quick. Come up here quick. Come on. Come on up. Yeah. She's Michael. There he is. Continue. nothing to do with that. Bible says, yeah, not my husband. <laughs> All right, you may go. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. <clears throat> Bible says she, she saw him and she despised him in her heart. Actually, when he got through, uh, when, he, when he got to the place, put it in the tent, he blessed the people and gave them something to eat, and he blessed all the people. And he wanted them to go and bless their homes. And then after he does that, he starts back to bless his home. And he runs in to a woman called his wife, and this wife of his, listen to this now, he loves her. What happens? Remember, she had a father that what? Never sought after the presence of God. I'm telling you, it will impact your children yes, it will. in a negative way if you do not have a heart that seeks after God. Anyway, what does she do? My, 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 look at the king today. Aren't you something else? Begins to mock him, begins to ridicule him. Out there, down in your underwear, before all the handmaidens. Oh, and just dancing and having yourself a time. move of God begins to operate in the church and it doesn't look like what it normally looks like and all of a sudden you have all these people that says no way it's never happened that way before that's not the way we do it I'm rejecting that 
I'm going to despise that. I don't want all this dancing. I don't want all this celebration. I don't want all this leaping. I don't want all this shouting. I don't want all of this. No, we need to be more civilized. Oh, it happens. Don't think it doesn't. We've had people to leave this church because of dancers. You know what I say? I'm sorry. But we will, we, we will keep on dancing. We will keep on worshiping God in the arts, in the dance. How many of you appreciate our dancers? I, I, praise God. But we have people say, but I don't understand it. Well, let me ask you, do you understand God? No. Well, did you give up on him too? Just because you don't understand something, learn, learn his ways. Learn what he loves. Well, didn't they dance before the golden calf? Yeah, and they worshiped. Did you stop worshiping too? No. So in the move, when the presence of God begins to manifest in a way that we're not used to, do not despise that. It may be the very thing that he says, well, you embrace, we will embrace, we will embrace your move. And yet God starts moving in the first, and one of some of the people said, uh, 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 uh. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was accused one time of uh, stopping. <laughs> this tells you how powerful I am. <laughs> I was accused years ago of stopping the move of God in this house. And I said, uh, Really? Yeah. And I said, well, that's pretty amazing. And uh, we've got intercessors praying for you to leave. And I said, well, you go back and tell the intercessors to keep praying. And whenever God tells me, I'll leave, but not because they're praying. Do you want to know who they are? No, I don't. Don't want to know who they are. All I know is let God be God. Let God do what he wants. You know, and I've told you before, I don't mind, I don't mind weird. How many of you have read weird stuff in the Bible? You have to get to the place that you don't mind weird as long as it is authentic. Now, if it's a man, hey, we're going to, we're going to shake, we're going to, we're going to make sure we, we, look, I've been shook, wrung, and wrung in, and wrung out, and wrung up, and run over and it not be God. Hyped up. all It ain't about hype. It's about the presence of God. And I'm telling you, the presence of God will have an awesome effect. Different. It'll affect us in different. One moment we'll be jumping and shouting and praising God. The next moment we'll be on our knees weeping. Why is that? Because the presence of God is moving on hearts. Well, we need to let that happen. We need to, we need to be awakened to his presence and say, I want the manifested presence of God today and I'm here and my heart is burning to see God move in such a way and not just here but everywhere we go that God's going to move every place we go. Whether it's pumping gas or getting groceries or going here or going there, just let the manifest presence of God. Be aware that you're carrying the presence of God no matter where you are. But I'm going through hell and back. And guess what? You're carrying the presence of God through hell and back. 
Whatever you're going through, you're carrying the presence of God. You're carrying, you're carrying him in such a way that, that being manifested begins to make a difference. Why? Because you're not like other people. David looks at his wife and says, um, hmm, I see how it is. As for the handmaidens, they're going to have high regard for what I just did. But if you think that was undignified, let me put you on notice. I'm about to get more undignified than what you just saw. See, she was upset because her son, I mean her father, wasn't the chosen one. But he, David, was chosen. There's a song, I think. Uh, 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 Charlie, what is the name of that song? Oh. What? What is it? What is it? Undignified? Is that the name of it? Does it what, how does it go? Come up here, Charlie. I will sing. I will dance. Who knows it with him? Come on. Who knows it with him? Who, hey, don't stand back there. Sit back there if you know. Come on up here. You can't sing, but you can dance. That's right. Lee, no. Come on, Mary. You got to help us out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I will dance. I will sing. Now, we rehearsed all this stuff the other day, so it ought to go good. Yeah, right. Oh, is this it? I will dance. Do you know? Hey, man, don't look at me. We got it. We got it. Come on, Mary. Get up here. Okay. Listen, watch this. I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering the passion in my soul. I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering the passion in my soul. And I'll become even more undignified than this. Some may say it's foolishness and I'll become... Even more undignified than this. Leave my pride by my side. I'll I'll become become even more undignified (laughs) than this. I'd probably not. (laughs) Even more undignified than this. (laughs) What? Now, now listen. You manufacture that, and that's about as far as it's going to go. But you be willing to allow the presence of God to move upon you, move upon me in such a way that it doesn't matter what anybody else feels or thinks. Then the fear of man has has left you. Well, they're a bunch of fools. 
Paul said that he would become a fool for Christ. And once again, if we're going to hype it just to be hyping it, leave it alone. But be willing for the presence of God to manifest in your life in ways that you're not used to. Amen. One more thing. Be careful what you despise. Be careful what you criticize. Because there are consequences for that. Because my Bible says that from that moment on, Michael was barren. She never bore a child. It caused barrenness. Wow, she rejected the very things of God. And it caused her to be, be non-reproductive. Pretty powerful, isn't it? The presence of God is worth it. It's worth it. He's worth it. Amen? You know, we should be praying every time we come together that there would be such an openness and a, and a highway, a landing strip for the Holy Spirit to manifest ever how he wants. Do you understand that when they were all in the upper room that the Holy Spirit didn't bring the unity Mm. they were there all in one accord of what? They were in unity around what Jesus had said. The unity, watch this, the unity of being obedient to God was the runway for the Holy Spirit to come and pour out. Can't have factions and Disagreements to the place that it causes us to divide. What does that mean? That means if you've got something going on between you and another person, the Bible says, leave your guilt at the altar. Go make that thing right. Why? Because he treasures the oneness of his people. Why? Because that's when his presence is going to be manifested. Anybody got anything else to say? John, you got anything to add to this? Yeah. Anybody got anything you want to exclamation point? Did God give you something that you just know you need to say before we leave? Just drinking it in, huh? Me too. Don't miss the change in the atmosphere. Dave Wilkerson wrote a book years ago that you see a guy without a trunk. Right. We are now, I believe, with that. John Paul Jackson, perfect storm before he died. But very similar realities in both of those visions. But I believe we are now seeing unfold. Right. Hurricanes, fires out west. 
agree. I agree. His presence, it's not just, it's really, it's not just the Bible. It's the Spirit of God and the Bible. There's a, there's a marriage between the two, and we need, we need to say, Lord, just have your way here and let, let him do what he wants to do. But it will cost us to host his presence. But I'm telling you, it's worth the cost. It's worth the sacrifice. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Don't think you're going to be able to just walk through this Christian life without passion and all of a sudden you need God and you're, going to, you're just going to call on God to be the bellhop. He, he's going to say, listen, you need to understand something. I want you to love me all the time. All the time. Everybody say all the time. We need a, we need a rejuvenated hunger for his presence. We need to be filled with that hunger. We need to ask the Lord, fill me with the hunger for your presence. That no matter where we go, it will be dis- we will be distinguished from the ones that don't know you. We will be, we, it will be known when you enter a room that you carry bread. I'm telling you, sit back down. Listen, this woman, this woman had an issue of blood for how many years? Twelve years. Hadn't been healed. Struggling every day for twelve years. But she, listen to this, she recognized something about the presence of Jesus brought her to a thought process that said, if I can just touch, not him, but the hem of his, if I can just touch just the hem of his presence, I'm pretty sure there was no book on how to get your next miracle. There was nothing written. Jesus never had to say, now if y'all touch me, you'll be healed. He didn't say that like some preachers will. But she recognized something about the presence of Jesus. There's something going on with this man that I honestly believe that if I could press through this crowd and get to him, if I could just get to the presence of Jesus and just touch the bottom, just touch, just, everybody say touch. Just 
Why? It was in her to believe it. Why? Because there was something, there's something about that name. She recognized something about him. There's something about this man. There's something about his presence that if I can just touch, if I can just tangibly be touched and touch the presence of who he is, I know I can be healed. And what happened? She worked her way in. She pressed through the crowd. Why? No obstacle, no person. No, everybody say, no person was going to block her from having the presence of Jesus at her disposal. And she touches it, and what happens? She's healed. What does Jesus do? Who touched me? What did the disciples say? Man, we got so many people around here. Man, everybody's touching you. I mean, think about it. Now, we put them disciples up like they're, oh, they're just home. No, they're, they're real people. They're fishermen. They're tax collectors. They're, they're all, no. Jim, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. How are we supposed to know? No, uh-uh. I felt power leave. I felt the virtue of my presence leaving. Who was it? Why? Because somebody wanted it in faith and reached out for it no matter what the opposition was and no matter how many people said, you can't go there. Worked her way through the pressure, worked her way through the crowd just to be able to tangibly experience the presence of because there was something about that man. Never had been said, never had been done, never had been taught, but she believed that the presence of God and her coming in contact with the presence of Jesus would make a difference in her life. And it made such a difference that that touch that the Bible said that, that, it, the, it, it, that news went around and people, they, they, would, they would bring in people just to touch him. And the Bible says that they were, everybody that t- were healed. Everybody say the touch. The ta- see, that's the tangible presence, to be able to touch the tangible presence of God. And it traveled even far that, that watch this, it traveled even so far that, 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 that it was said of Paul, that it said of Paul that ex, it went from miracles to extraordinary miracles were done by the hands of Paul. Now that's something, it wasn't just miracles. It was an upgrade to extraordinary miracles. Why so? Because they, they would bring cloth. Oh, they would bring cloth to him, anoint this cloth, and he would anoint cloth, and they would be healed. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. You can stand up again. That was sermon two. Three's about to kick in. 
I love you. I truly do. And I want this house to be the host of his presence in such a way that it impacts our lives and how we live when we leave here. And not only that, but when people, I still hear people come in and say, I, I sense the presence of God. You cannot buy that, people. You can't. But we can't be satisfied with where we are. We must be hungry for more manifestations of who he is. One tried to handle God. The other one reached out to receive from God. Oh, yeah. Y'all want sermon three, don't you? <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for being here. We thank you, God, for, for your word and your tangible presence. God, that, that you are leading us and you're leading our lives to places that we are successful and fruitful in you in the kingdom of God. And, Lord, that we will be distinguished between all other groups of people because of your presence. And we ask you now, Lord, to fill us with the hunger. Fill us with the tangible hunger of allowing your presence to be, to be known and to be felt and to be tangibly touched in a way, God, that we recognize the power, the love, the presence of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Father's Vineyard podcast. If you'd like more information about Father's Vineyard, please visit us 24-7 at www.fathersvineyard.org or you can call the office at 828-287-2868. Thanks again.